Being a Mum podcast, where I, Alison Newman, a singer, songwriter and Aussie mum of two, enjoys honest and inspiring conversations with artists and creators about the joys and issues they've encountered while trying to be a mum and continue to create. You'll hear themes like the mental juggle, changes in identity, how their work's been influenced by motherhood, mum guilt, cultural norms, and we also stray into territory such as the patriarchy, feminism, and capitalism. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, along with a link to the music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our supportive and lively community on Instagram. I'll always put a trigger warning if we discuss sensitive topics on the podcast, but if at any time you're concerned about your mental health, I urge you to talk to those around you, reach out to health professionals, or seek out resources online. I've compiled a list of international resources which can be accessed on the podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The Art of Being a Mum would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on as being the Boendick people in the Berrin region. I'm working on land that was never ceded. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. This week we're up to 91, creeping ever closer to that magical 100. This week, however, my guest is Alora Viano a photographer based in Lincolnshire in the UK and a mum of two. Alora's originally from Canada and she spent a few years in Italy where she met her husband before moving to the UK. Growing up, Elora loved being creative but didn't have a natural affinity for drawing or painting. She was looking for ways to be creative and express herself and in high school she discovered photography. She finally found what she'd been looking for. Alora's been photographing since back in the days of film, the first time around, and has enjoyed it as a passionate hobby ever since. She enjoys experimenting in her work, using different lenses, collages or light leak overlays. Six years ago, Alora decided to turn photography into a business, and she got so sucked into making it a success in that process that she'd forgotten about her love for her personal projects. Having made active changes, she's proud to say she's managed to accomplish a number of personal projects and continues to do so, growing and challenging herself with this medium. Laura is a family photographer and enjoys a documentary style. Her biggest passions are capturing emotion and movement in her subjects. She's won a number of awards and been published in magazines both in print and online. Laura's current project, Kintsugi Mama, aligns the Japanese art of repairing with gold, with stretch marks. Through this project, Alora is exploring the beauty of the so-called scarred female body, the body where the skin stretches, breaks and reheals itself, all while bringing a new life into this world. It's an incredible feat of Mother Nature, and yet somehow we do not tend to look upon those stretch marks with love, but with distaste, hate even. What if instead of hiding those imperfections, we celebrated them, repaired them with gold, the most precious element of them all? What if we took the time to see how glorious they truly are? Would we see ourselves differently? Would we revel in the power of womanhood?
Alora, it's lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's good to meet you too. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. So we, we were just chatting before I hit record. You're over in the UK yeah. and it is the morning there. Um, yes. Whereabouts in the UK are you? Um, Lincolnshire, which is um, east, central east coast type area of the country yeah right so in relation to London which is about north (laughs) mostly where most people know so it's north of London yeah Yeah. have you always lived there with your accent no no my accent is not British it's it's Canadian yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I was born and raised in Canada and Mm -hmm. then I spent a few years in Italy when I met my husband and then we ended up moving here um, for his work and so far this is where we're staying yeah right I'm a photographer, mm-hmm. uh, primarily. I, I like to dabble in other things, but um, just as a hobby, really. Um, so I mostly do uh, photography, and I also run it as a business um, with family and personal branding here in Lincoln. And um, I also do it as personal work and therapy and uh, just as the storyteller of the family as well as doing um, projects that are close to my heart and um, I've also recently launched a podcast and oh, exciting so, yeah <laughs> so so it's all on I'm all over the place as usual uh, doing yeah. 400 different things um, all in good fun yeah. to keep me busy <laughs> yeah that's awesome tell us about your style of photography that you like to take? I love doing a more documentary type photography. So taking pictures as they are. Um, My biggest passion is capturing emotion in my images and Mm -hmm. movement and love and connection and joy and just silliness in general. Um, I, I just live for that when I see one of those pictures. It's just like, ah, that's the one Mm, Um, for me. I also enjoy experimenting a bit with uh, photography on the side, on personal side, um, using like creative lenses or sticking stuff in front of my lenses. um, Yeah, right. Occasionally doing photo montage type stuff. Not very Mm -hmm. good, but it's fun to experiment. Um, (laughs) You know, I, I like to try new things. Um, because then I see I can incorporate that into my work if it if it feels like it's you know in line with me mm-hmm. um, otherwise I don't um, you know otherwise it, it, I just let it go because it's not my thing um, yeah, yeah, I learned that sure. the hard way uh, by you know trying to be what I wasn't um, and I just you know with age and maturity uh <laughs> as you do I just said you know what that's not me so you know I've tried 
wasn't for me I move on so yeah good on you so yeah 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 I actually I had a bit of a squeeze on your um web page um which you've got yeah I love that style it's like you're not setting people in positions and poses and you know all that sort of staged sort of style of photography which I when I got married I got married 20 years ago and I wanted the style of photography like that um like what you do, like this documentary style where you're just capturing things as they happen. And the mm-hmm. town I live in isn't it's we've only got like thirty thousand people. So at that time there was maybe two professional photographers and this was back mm-hmm. on like the film days. Um mm-hmm. and no one did st- the style like that. It was all stand here and stand here and blah, blah, blah. and it's like if I had my time again, <laughs> I probably would have pushed a bit harder. But, so you know, it's it's, just, it's it's become more popular as a style over the last 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's evolved because there was a, a very distinct thing between reportage, so like reporters and news things and magnum photo kind of stuff, and yeah. what family photography was supposed to be, so studio imposed and mm-hmm. curated and, you know, made to look because it was a special occasion. Um, yeah, yeah. But as things have changed, they've kind of all smooshed together a lot, and um, and it's become very um, nice to see that there's a whole array of different styles for people to choose from, and they can mm. go with what they're drawn to. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Yeah, and I yeah. love that. I think because like when digital came along, it just became so much more accessible to so many people. Um, and yeah. I know, yeah, in the, where I live, like just about everybody can take photos like you know whether they're good or not it's another story but there are a lot of photographers around now compared to what they used to mm-hmm. be um, yeah so, for sure. <laughs> yeah you're not sure of pretty much every, everyone's got a, a good camera these days did you first get into photography okay um so it's a it's a story of how one person can really influence your life and change it um in this case a teacher um I always liked being creative um but I suck at drawing like (laughs) thick men barely understandable I mean my kids draw better than I do (laughs) their father thankfully for them in their art skills (laughs) Um, but it, you know, um, I, I can't draw. I love being creative. I love doing crafty things. Um, Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be able to express myself, but I could never find a medium that I liked. I kept taking art classes. I kept really doing badly at art classes and getting critiqued and getting pushed down, but I just kept going until about high school in grade 11, no grade 12. So last year of high school. Mm-hmm. My art teacher um, introduced me to photography and she, we had a school camera and she gave it to me. She showed me how to put the film in, in yeah. the black bag, the way you used to do it in the olden days. And, um, yeah. you know, she, she taught the whole module basically on, on how to use photography. And I mm-hmm. found it and I was like, it just opened my eyes as to how I could be creative. 
Mm -hmm. And I could do that with people and things and how I see the world and how light is. And so I basically never stopped after that. I yeah. kept going as a hobby. You know, I'd take a little camera with me everywhere um, and photograph my trips, my travels, uh, my friends, my family, the cats, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I had stacks of pictures that I would go to the little one hour photo guy and print them out and <laughs> yeah. have it done. Um, and then there was a bit of a pause uh, for a while while I was studying at university. Uh, I just didn't have the time yeah. uh, to follow on a lot of hobbies. Um, and in that meantime, everything kind of went digital. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was like I had to learn it all again. Yeah. In a way. Um, so I picked up a digital camera and I slowly started learning and 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 got into that. Um, mm -hmm. And I just kept doing it, you know, just practicing and playing around as a hobby, never really thinking it could become a business or anything like that um, until I had my kids. And mm -hmm. then with my first child, I realized that I wanted to have the flexibility of deciding my own times and I was like, I wanted to still do something creative. I still wanted to do something I could work around my family. And it was mm -hmm. like, well, this is pretty clear. So mm -hmm. I decided to start up my business and and that's it, really. It's been going since then. Yeah, right. So how long how long is that? How how old do you that child now? The the oldest one is nine and yeah. the youngest is six going on seven as she likes to point out um every day six and a half mommy and only like three months until my birthday you know that kind of yeah. thing, counting it down yeah um, I love that. yeah, yeah. Uh, they're so in detailed oriented um <laughs> so so yeah he, um sorry I was saying um so yeah it's been first year or so was kind of start and stop because I was learning all the things about business and that's where I kind of fell into doing what other people were doing so mm -hmm. I thought it has to be studio stuff so I had to learn about lighting and backdrops and find a space and posing and mm -hmm. oh and it was so hard um, for me to learn it and to just do it mm -hmm. and anytime I had a session the photos I found that I tended to be drawn to the most were the outtakes. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I was like, and I always included them. And then, you know, sometimes people wanted that post look and sometimes they preferred the outtakes and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And then as I got into it and then I was just, I kept on taking like courses and joining groups and communities and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and then um, I found lifestyle photography and I was like oh this is like an in-between kind of thing um mm -hmm. and it was being very popular in the states and Canada it was not yet all the rage here it was just starting mm -hmm. yeah. kind of here in the UK so it took a long time for me to kind of promote and get people to do it but mm -hmm. I did a few model calls got a few model families in yeah. started to change over the website and who I was, you know, focusing on. And um, in the meantime, we moved. So I had a completely new clean slate, basically, to mm. work on yeah. uh, with new clients. And I just promoted myself as that. And then from lifestyle, I've gone more and more towards the documentary approach. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that seems to be where I have settled <laughs> mm. right now as it stands from yeah. a business standpoint. Um, yeah. 
personally, I've always been documentary. So I've always been doing, you know, just taking pictures of things as they are, nature landscapes or people in the street or and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. The kids as they were growing. And, um, and that started me off on a series of personal projects as well. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it summed up. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. I, lo- I love that how, like, you, you mentioned it earlier, and then, you know, I've gone into some detail with it now. But I think a lot of people can relate to that, that when you start something new, um, there's this, you have this idea of what it's supposed to be like. And you can find yourself sort of falling into that trap of, of not listening, maybe not listening to your heart because you think, oh, I've got to do it like that because that seems to be right. So then mm-hmm. it's like, and you knew, like, <laughs> that you didn't want to do it like that, but it was like. Yeah, I could feel the... that it just wasn't yeah. my thing. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And and it takes a lot of courage and a lot of sort of soul searching to sort of look at why why do I want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> Why are the reasons <laughs> I want to do it that way or this way? Yeah, so no, I love that. That's that's really good. <laughs> oh dear, I'm just thinking about myself when I say that. Oh, there you go. It's just I, I don't know. It's laugh. Just, you, oh, you just I don't know. You second guess yourself so much. I think, and so I you, think, yeah, yeah, you don't trust yourself enough at, at different times. Um, yeah, so no. Anyway, <laughs> that's all right. I think it comes a bit more with age that you kind of just say screw it you know at a certain yeah. point I'm just going to do what I want to do and if people like it that's great if they don't tough you know kind of thing yeah. I think it's come to me as I've gotten older and felt more secure in my skills mm-hmm. um and my abilities um I think and and I have learned to say no mm. to things and at first yeah. I wouldn't I refused to because I, like, I need the money I need to do this I need to practice uh-huh. And and then I found myself doing a lot of stuff I didn't want to do. Mm, um, yeah. And I was like, nah, life's too short. And yeah. so I've said, no, I have a wonderful network of other local photographers who do all sorts of different styles and events and mm-hmm. types of photography and focusing on things. And I'm very happy to refer people over to them. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes we even share clients um, because they yeah. like both kinds of styles and, yeah, and stuff right. like that so sometimes they go to to one for one thing and one me for another and it's it's lovely you know <sighs> it's 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 nice to be able to yeah. do that I love that it just I, uh, something else that I think we can get caught up is like the, that competitiveness but when you genuine genuinely sort of settled in yourself which you obviously are you can be open to that and you don't feel threatened by other people you know you're doing mm-hmm. what you love you're allowing your clients to come to you if they're drawn to that style. I just think that's that's awesome. Good on you. <laughs> I love it. I love that. And I think, yeah, I agree with that. It's something that it takes time and experience. And and I feel like, and I've said this to other people on the podcast, when you get into your 40s, it's literally you do not care anymore. It's like everyone else can go jump and you're going to do what you want. Absolutely. <laughs> The older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, do what you want. Um, yeah. You do you. Yeah. I'm happy it, with me. Yeah. No, I could on you. That's, I love that.
Tell me about the Daily Collective. Yep, the Daily Collective. Um, basically, um, during lockdown, obviously, I was considered a non-essential service and I couldn't work. So mm-hmm. I had to find something, <laughs> you know, do something. And with my time and between the homeschooling and all the stuff that we all went through mm-hmm. everywhere, um, I found a lot of wonderful photography communities that really came together. Um, Some didn't and some did. And Mm -hmm. I let go of the ones that didn't and I stayed with the ones that did. And I have found and made some amazing and inspirational friends um, Mm -hmm. through these communities. And so I wanted to create a similar type of community as well. but with a focus on just personal projects, because there are so many communities for businesses, business and marketing and a mix of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wanted to focus on that artistic and creative side to photography. So yeah. I made one rule. I said, I will share only personal work. So nothing you've done for a client, mm-hmm. just for you. Um, If it's for you or for a gallery exhibition or, you know, a theme that you're working towards or something, but it's a personal project that you're doing for you, Mm -hmm. then that's that's what I want to focus on and help with. So it started out just like as a feature hub. So I would share a picture every day from a different person who used the tag um, and because that was the 365, so one picture a day for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as it kept going, I kept seeing such beautiful stuff. Um, and so I kind of expanded it into like a membership. And I I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just do a podcast and talk about it. So yeah, I, I did it in like 24 hours, I decided. Yeah. Let's just do that. And yeah. that's it. I did all my research. I found all this stuff. I'm like, that seems easy enough to start a podcast. And yeah. there you go. And I started just writing out my little scripts or whatever and yeah. and I was like so people this is what I'm doing and that was it oh, <laughs> Hence the podcast. that is so, so the great. Daily collective has kind of expanded um a little bit over the last year mm-hmm. or so um I think I launched it around maybe April last year yeah. April May so it's, it's it's coming on a year of um life so to speak uh so it's it's been I I've loved seeing the journey as it's um, expanding. It's a small community, it's a tiny community, but I don't mind. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's great if it expands. The more, the merrier. But I like that it's small also because you get to really know the people that are in it. Mm, yeah. And yeah. um and get to know their work and see how they express themselves and share that, which is really lovely. Mm, um, yeah. You know, on the one hand, I'm tempted to just keep it small. On the other hand, I want it to grow, obviously. Yeah, I know what um, you mean. <laughs> you know, kind of yeah. thing like that. But I'm hoping to manage to find a balance into letting it grow, but let let it feel like it's close um, and a safe space for everyone to share their frustrations and mm, their, yeah. you know, and their creative process, or ask for advice or feedback or whatever, or or just need somewhere to to just have a cry because all creatives we we tend to just yeah have our moments don't we and oh, gosh, um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you just need to get it off your chest sometimes just write it out and then it just mm. feels so much better and to yeah. have someone say I understand you and I hear that you know it's it's so powerful for you and it's like ah, a balm for the soul you're like now I can go on I don't have to obsess about that because mm. someone understands 
And yeah, so, absolutely. and that's what I'd like yeah. it to, to keep becoming and growing into. So, yeah. Oh, great. Good for you. I really love that. And I love that you, you decided to do your podcast like really quickly because <laughs> that's literally what I did. And it it's <laughs> awesome. Like I had this conversation with someone on a, a podcast earlier in the year, or oh, it might've been last year. I can't remember now, but we're talking about the, how every, obviously everyone's different and their creative mm-hmm. process can be quite different. And um, how some people, like you and I, would just get an idea and just go bang and just do it. Yeah. And then some people will have to like research and research and prepare and plan and it takes, you know, a certain amount of months before they're happy to let it go out. And it's like mm-hmm. I just find it really fascinating just how everyone's way of processing is so different. Like I don't know. I just, I don't know, I just find that really <laughs> really cool and and it's probably no reflection on how you know successful something is or whatever it's it's probably not measurable whether you do it this way or that way what the end outcome is so it's I don't know sorry I'm rambling now (laughs) don't worry I like a good ramble don't worry I do it myself (laughs) a lot (laughs) oh dear yeah now there you go um well that's cool so I'm going to put the link for your, you're predominantly on Instagram with that. Yeah, with that yeah. one. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So I'll put a, I'll put a hyperlink in the show notes for people, um, mm-hmm. if they're interested in checking that out because that is really cool. Inspire and learn a community for personal photography projects. I love it. Good on you. <laughs> um, and I also noticed that you're a moderator for a couple of other photography. Um, oh, Pubs, pay- basically. Oh, yeah. 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 Call them. <laughs> yeah. I find it hard to know what to say on Instagram because it's like a. <laughs> It's not like a pay. Oh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So that were they ones that you discovered through the pandemic as well? Yes. Yes, they were. Um, so the two that I moderate for is Flock and Flock Live and um, For the Love of the Photograph. Um, so uh, Flock Live is the one that came out um, just during the pandemic. It was, it started out as a, um, it was supposed to be like a, a show, a photography show, you know, kind of mm-hmm. expo thing, but pandemic put that down. And, mm-hmm. um, but it was focused on the kind of photography that I love. Yeah. So a lot of the shows that they have are very much like uh, posed newborns and their props and backdrops and business. And there isn't a lot of space for personal stuff. And this one mm-hmm. seemed like it was going to be different already from the outset. So I was 100%, I was like their number one fan everywhere. <laughs> I was totally fangirling over the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then as the community grew and and stuff over lockdown and I just wanted to become a part of it. And so when they asked for moderators for their um, Instagram and stuff like that, I jumped on board. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing so since it has quieted down a lot now um, from the way it was. Most of the groups have, um, yeah, I think, because we all nature. have back yeah. to normal life, haven't we? Um, yeah. But it's still, for me, it was a very important part of my sanity during lockdown and mm-hmm. a creative outlet and a community for me. Um, and so I, I really wanted to give back in that way. And yeah. um, For the Love of the Photograph is actually based on a book that uh, another photographer who's based in New Zealand, she wrote um, Chloe Lodge and 
she just she wrote this book and it was all about personal photography and you know capturing your everyday and seeing the light and just letting mm-hmm. it speak to you and having a slow process and she started a group and of course the Instagram page and of course I was also fangirling over that <laughs> and uh, and when she was looking that. for moderators and stuff um, yeah. and she asked I was like yes absolutely so <laughs> I joined in on on that as well um, mm-hmm. I am part of other groups as well but yeah. I can't do everything. So yeah. I had to stop myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's like it's hard to to treat because there was this is what we're talking about this morning on when I was chatting to someone else was this we've got lists of things we want to do and there's only so much time that we've got, you know. And um it's hard to pick the things to focus on. <laughs> it's hard to weed it, it out. Is, my list is extensively long. I actually I'm going to record a pod. I, I have written I need to record a podcast about like the craziness of the creative mind and all the, the way that your thoughts from one thing can just become this huge thing. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's, that's funny that, you know, you mentioned that as well. It's just like, Oh my gosh, it's like the list is so long. It's it's a book of its own of things that you want to do and learn and try and experiment and, you know, try and do it. It's just like, yeah. It, it really oh. is, isn't it? I find that um, sometimes I get a lot of my ideas in the shower or when I'm swimming, like there's something about being with, in water or movement that gets, I don't know, my ideas come really easily. And uh, often I'll like be in the shower and think, oh, oh, that's a good idea for a song or I'll get a tune in my head and I'll have to jump out and quickly like record on my phone or quickly mm-hmm. make notes. And like, oh, I'm so, you know, inspired and invigorated. And then I go, oh, now I've got to go make the lunches for school or, yeah. you know, just back you're to like, reality. Yeah. That's the thing I find hardest when you get in a, a tangent or you're on a roll and then it's like you're brought back to earth so quickly. <laughs> yeah. By the scheme of, mom, I'm hungry. Yeah. Where That's mine usually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So speaking of mum, I'm hungry. So you've got two two children. That's a great segue, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> so have you got two girls or a boy to girl? Two girls. Two girls. Well, that's fun. Mm-hmm. I haven't even got any girls. I got two boys. <laughs> there you go. It's either all or nothing. <laughs> oh dear. So um do you girls see that that you um do things for yourself that don't involve the, the mothering role, um, I guess your nine-year-old would probably be aware that you're, you know, you've, you're a photographer and you do all these other really mm-hmm. cool things. Um, is it important to you that they see that, that you still have an identity that's not related to them? Absolutely. <laughs> in a, in a nice me, way. <laughs> yeah. No, no, absolutely. You know I, mean? I know exactly what you mean. And it is important for me um, to do that and have my space. I've always been a person that has needed her space. I love being with people. I I call myself an extroverted introvert. Um, (laughs) um, Because I do enjoy being with people. I I love being part of communities. I love 
going out and being creative and learning things and exploring things and traveling and seeing things and, you know, living life. Mm. But I also need time to recharge. And I always have needed times for me where it's just me alone. And even yeah. as a kid, I needed my space as a teenager, same thing. Mm -hmm. um, I always needed to like have a space where I could lock myself in and just do something for me, which yeah. usually ended up being something creative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happen. But yeah. um, I kind of lost that for a while, um, especially when the girls were really little. Um, it was just either I was mom and between naps, I was trying to get this business off the ground and then it was the kids and then it was the business and then it was the kids and then it was the business. And that's all mm. it was. It was either work or family. Yeah. And for a while there. And I was like, at a certain point, I was like, I need something. I need to do creative outlet. I, I need to do something for me. And although mm. I was doing like little photo projects, kind of mini things for me, like taking, you know, I have a three, six, five project, which is uh, a photo a day, basically. And then I put it in a little album yeah at the end of the year and it's just like the year in review kind of thing yeah. so I, I was still I was kind of doing that but I wasn't really doing anything else for me mm -hmm. so as soon as my oldest one started uh school um because here they start at four years old uh mm -hmm. reception yeah so it's like kindergarten kind of thing yeah, yeah. um at four years old and then the other one was starting uh, preschool so she was at nursery three days a week doing like preschool things mm -hmm. I found myself with more time yeah and first I threw it all into getting the business really going and self-sustaining and I didn't time any of that for me mm -hmm. and I just work 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 when they were there kids were... but then I said you know what damn it I need 10 minutes for myself so I started to go on a walk yeah outside I took my camera and I'd go, we were in the countryside, we're in a small village, got tons of fields um, out there right now. And so I was like, I'm just going for a walk. And I felt so good. <laughs> I started yeah. with 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And, you know, um, I would do it when the kids were away, when I, they weren't around. Um, but as things started to progress, I started to pick up and learn new creative things so new hobbies like I learned um macrame yeah yeah I uh yeah I learned how to macrame and so I would sit down on the weekends and say to the kids mommy's doing some crafty stuff and I would macrame some wall hanging or something like that on the yeah. weekends and they would watch me sometimes and I was like this is mommy time mm -hmm. and so I started to put that thing down there that this was mommy time and um and it's slowly evolved into having an actual day in my schedule where it's yeah. my personal day. Oh, I love it. That's it. Yeah. So every Thursday is where I do stuff for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I go to my yoga lesson. I um, work on either a personal photography project or I work on learning a new skill um, on my long list of creative things I want to learn how to do. Yeah. Um, so I'll spend that's that's my time while they're at school. That's that's my time. And then on the weekends, I will, um, you know, I'll say I need an hour to work on my cross stitch or whatever I've been working on as a project. And they see yeah. me. I go off. I do my thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I involve them because um, especially with the older one, we have a lot of things in common that we like to do, um, like being out in nature and learning about natural things foraging 
So mm-hmm. she'll come with me and we'll like forage some food and then we'll make it together and, and yeah, stuff cool. like that, which yeah. I started for me. But mm-hmm. then she seems involved in it. And I said to her, this is good because this is for you as well. And she's doing it without her sister or without mm. her friends. This is yep. her thing that she likes to do. And I'm trying to also encourage my youngest slowly because she's still very young um, to kind of find her own thing as well. And it's just mm. something that she likes and it's for her that she doesn't have to do with her sister or her friends or me or yep. her father or anyone. And um and yeah, so that's that's kind of how it's evolved. And so as it stands now, I have a day which I dedicate to things for me. Yeah. And that's it. Good on you. And I love <laughs> that you you're instilling that in you girls from a young age, that it's important to have that, you know, that thing that is yours. Did you find that when you weren't getting that time to do your own personal creativity, did you feel like your own identity was literally being taken away from you or like threatened? I I felt like I was just mom, mom Mm -hmm. or Elora the photographer, but I wasn't Elora. I was just mom. And, um, yeah. And so I, I really, I felt like I was going down in this spiral of just stress and anxiety. I mean, I've always been a kind of anxious person, but you know, it was just getting worse. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I realized that there was one thing that had changed in my life besides becoming a mom. <laughs> and, and it was that I had no space for me. Mm-hmm. So I started with those tiny little walks and I expanded it from there. And now I have a good chunk of time that's for me. And I'm happy with that. And I feel like mm-hmm. I am more balanced. And I am a better mom to them as a consequence. Because when it's time to be with them, I am with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All it, of me is yeah. with them. Yeah. And if you're anything like me, you feel quite sort of regulated and settled because you've had your needs met in the way that you need them like that that sort of analogy of like your your cup's full like you can't pour from an empty cup I just I don't know do you feel that (laughs) that way (laughs) yeah Yeah. no I I agree um because you know for some people it's like a spa day is what helps them to recharge and do their thing that's not me I am not (laughs) I get bored (laughs) I like it once in a while don't get me wrong but the idea of going and having my nails done and stuff like that, it's just like I've got better stuff to do with my time. Yeah, for me, you've, you've got a personally. big long list of things you want to do. Yeah, I've got a, I'd rather spend that on craft supplies. Like, duh. <laughs> painting something yeah. else rather than I someone like painting that. your nails. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Love so, that. But, I love you know, that. No, good we all on have you. our things. Yeah. yeah. And and that, that whole idea of actually communicating your needs, I feel like that's something that, perhaps I might be generalizing, but women seem to not be that good at doing because we have all these expectations of what we're supposed to be. Society and the patriarchy encourages us to be a particular way. And so we think, oh, if I say that I need help with something or I want something, it's almost like we're not living up to that idealized, and I'm putting these in air quotes, mm-hmm. like this way we're supposed to be. Um, yeah. Do you, do you feel like that's that's a fair 
Oh, I've had that. I've had that. And I still have moments where I have that, like the house is a bomb. You know, it's yeah. it's like I I love looking at interior decorating magazines and like ah <laughs> oh, the houses are so pretty and the, the color palette and it's so tidy and yeah. all these ideas for organization. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally doing that. And I'll yeah. you know buy all the stuff. I'll spend a whole day like reorganizing the bookshelf, only yeah. for three days later it to look like it did before because nobody uses the system. Yeah, and it's yeah. like why am I incapable of doing that or you know, just like the laundry kids ran out of uniforms, like crap, just Febreze one from yeah. before. I, I yeah. can't do it. And then you yeah. see all the kids with their uniforms pressed and perfect. And you're like, damn it, man, I suck at being a mom <laughs> and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Or, you know, various things. I've forgotten to bring things into school or donate money for this or, yeah. or forgotten to take a child to this pro to this after school, you know, all these yeah. things. And I'm like, Oh, I suck. I'm so bad. I am the worst mom ever. Oh, oh my We've gosh. All How do people do it? What's wrong with me that I can't do it? You uh, know, all these things. I get those moments. And then yeah. there's other days when I say, you know what? I only have 24 hours in a day. I need to sleep six, seven, preferably eight of them. Mm-hmm. And if I take away my actual work hours and I take away this and that, there's only this much left. And I can only handle so much in my brain. Mm. And that's it. If it, if it doesn't get done, I apologize to the kids. I'm like, kids, I'm sorry. Mommy didn't get to it. You'll have to just yep. adjust. Yeah. Next time, maybe mommy will be better, you know? Oh, <laughs> but even it's it's like it's life, isn't it? Like there's just so much being thrown at us. And I feel like this, the mental load, which people are using this term a lot now, it's the perfect way to describe it. It's literally, you know, like I used to wonder, you know, until I knew what that word meant or what, you know, the description behind it, I didn't know that's what I was feeling. When when I got that description of what it is, I went, oh, my God, no wonder I can't concentrate. No wonder I get distracted. No wonder, you know, things fall off the earth because there's just so much going on in my head. Whether you're physically doing stuff or not, this head thing doesn't ever stop. You're always thinking it stops. It's just insane. It's wearing me out just talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. Modern life, I guess, but anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's good because I I like to talk about identity, so I'm glad we've we've talked about that, and I can definitely relate relate to what you're saying. I'm the sort of person that I need a lot of time on my own. Like, same thing, I love being with people. I love socialising. I love doing stuff and going places, but. Jam, I need a bit of time to to recom- like compress recompress afterwards. Mm-hmm. Just doing nothing. Actually, there was a post I shared on my Instagram a couple of days ago about um, like creative people need time to do nothing. It's literally yes. a requirement of the creative brain. Yeah, so that's what I remind myself if I'm feeling like, oh, I probably should fold that washing. It's like, no, you need time to just do nothing. It's okay. Yep. <laughs> Just lay on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
that actually brings me to um, another topic that I really like to talk to mums about, which is this whole mum guilt thing. And I'm putting that in air quotes again. Um, Do you have any thoughts or feelings about the mum guilt conundrum? (laughs) Conundrum, yeah. Mum guilt is real. There is no (laughs) doubt. It's not just stuff that's made up. Um, You know, it's a societal pressure to Mm. do it all and do it perfectly. And there are other moms who appear to do it all. Um, but what we don't see is the stuff that they're struggling with on the other end, you know, mm. so they're doing great on one side, but are they really doing great on the other? Um, and I think it's something that I think it comes naturally as us, because once you become a mother, it's like you change, right? Um, you are, you become more mm. nurturing and caring and you worry more. You worry more about your offspring because mm. that's, I think, Mother Nature's way. That's how we survive as a species. We need to take care of our little ones so they can grow up and continue to procreate and keep mm. the species going. And yeah. I think that something happens inside of us um, to most people. Not everyone's cut out to be a mom and that's your choice, right? But yeah. for most people, you tend to want to take care of and make everything perfect for mm. your little people. You want to do the right thing. But what is the right thing? Because 10 different people will tell you 10 different things mm. is the right thing. Like, you know, I think about when I was pregnant and I was researching and I was like, should I breastfeed? Should I not breastfeed? Is formula better? Is breast milk better? What happens if? What happens if? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. What's this probe? What's this con? What's this? And my head exploded. And that was yeah. even before she was born. Mm. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. I made my choices and and I managed with difficulty to, to go through that with the first one, especially. Um, I wanted to breastfeed and I had trouble with my milk because we had a bit of a fun birth. Um, so it was all things, but I persisted yeah. and we managed. And then, you know, and then that screwed me over when she was older because I couldn't send her to nursery for a full day because she refused to take anything from milk in a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. So even if it was yeah. my milk and I expressed it and I gave it to her in a bottle, nope. Mm. Neither of yep. them took bottles ever. Oh, so I screwed man. myself over in a way. Um, but I I felt at the time that that's what I should do. But then there was people like even my own mother, she's like, oh, just put some formula in a bottle, stick some pablum in it. That's what I did with you. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, mom, things have changed. You know, <laughs> it's different parenting, isn't it? Um, yeah. I prefer it this way. She's like, ah, rod for your own back. You know, the old saying, oh, right? Yeah. But, you know, even within my own family, I had, you know, my mother-in-law saying one thing, my own mom saying another, my friend saying this, you know, my sister-in-law, that, 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 yeah. this. Friends, this, uh, you know, internet saying 400,000 things, the leading yeah. expert, the, the the nurse, the midwife, everyone said something different. Mm. And it's like, you're going to feel guilty no matter what you choose. There's there's no other way yeah. because yeah. it's set up that way that no matter what you choose between A to Z, one of those things is going to be wrong for someone and you're going to mm. feel guilty about it and they're going to make you feel guilty about it. And for years and years, I, I let the guilt take over. I, you know, I said, you know, I have, I still have moments now where I'm like, oh, I'm such a terrible mom because I forgot this or forgot that. And then I'm trying to physically stop myself. You know, I'm really consciously trying to 
eradicate that guilt out of it because mm -hmm. I realize that I say it out loud. You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm such a bad mom. I totally forgot. I'm so sorry, kids. You know, uh, mommy will try better next time. And, and then I'm like, I'm not a bad mom. Mm. Yeah. Why am I feeling guilty because I had to work and I couldn't take them to this birthday party or whatever? You know, I'm not bad. I'm, I, I happen to have to work, which is what lots mm. of people do, yeah. to put food on the table to allow them to go to said parties to buy gifts for these friends. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm trying to consciously, if I hear myself say, oh, I'm such a bad mom. I say, actually, no, I'm just a little overwhelmed, mom. Yeah. I yeah. try and rephrase yeah. it. And I tell them that I still apologize because I think it's right to, you know, re recognize their feelings and that they're frustrated because they can't go to that party or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, I still, I try and say to them, you know, I'm not a bad person. And I shouldn't feel guilty about it. I, I feel sorry that I can't fulfill your desire today, but maybe we could do it tomorrow. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to consciously do that. It's like, you know, when you see yourself in the mirror, you're like, oh, the flab, you know, and, yeah. and it's like, no, this is my story. Mm. I had two kids. My belly has been stretched beyond compare. And I'm impressed it's already gone back as much as it has. You know? <laughs> yeah. I should yeah. be impressed that I'm still not no. a, a watermelon, you know? Just... <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. But it's yeah. like I'm trying to consciously change and reframe myself and my words because I know that they are going to affect them. And for when they mm. decide to be moms, if they so choose, to be moms, I don't want them to have to feel the weight of it from themselves because society is already going to put so much on them. Yeah, anyway. that's it, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I want them to feel safe in their own and safe in their own skin and in their own thoughts and being able to make their own choices and mm. not feel bad that their choice is going to go against the grain for person mm -hmm. X or yeah. person Y. It doesn't yeah. matter because it'll it'll be fine for person A. You yeah. know, yeah, no, good so, on you. That's that's yeah. very inspiring. That was very long and rambly. I no, apologize. no, that no, that was great. Because yeah, that's the thing. If we're if we're in tune enough to be able to catch these thoughts, whatever they may be, but particularly around guilt, I think is really important because we are literally fighting an uphill battle. Like you said, the like the the scales are tipped against us they're not in our favor and anything we do is going to be judged by somebody else whether it's in real life or on the internet or you know we judge ourselves by what we see someone's doing on instagram if we can catch that and go actually hang on a minute <laughs> i'm actually a really good mum, and uh, like you said overwhelmed at the minute or i'm just having a bit of an off day or whoops never mind like you know <laughs> like <laughs> just giving ourselves a break cutting ourselves some slack and not being so hard on ourselves, I think. That's true. Yeah. And it, it can be frustrating because you want to do it all. Maybe your brain wants to do it all, but mm. your body can't handle it and time constraints just can't do it. And it's also being kind to yourself and realizing that you you, you can't juggle everything. Mm. And um, I think that's the first step is to recognize that we are not machines. We are human mm. and we can only do so much. Yeah. With what we have. That's it, isn't it? And 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 being mindful that, you know, when we're being told these things, you know, particularly from women or 
whoever's from other generations, they lived when they raised children, it was a completely different social setup. You know, there wasn't two parents usually working. Uh, it was one parent at the home all the time. And so, you know, maybe things were different and achievable on different levels. Um, so, yeah, putting things in context I think can be useful <laughs> and not mm-hmm. just taking somebody's advice and going, oh, no, I can't do that. I must be really bad. It's like actually the world has changed a lot since then or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I don't know. You feel like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, don't you? <laughs> but it is. That, that's what it is. That's you have to do is. what's right for you. Yeah, you and do. And as long as you're a yeah. good person overall, it yeah. shouldn't really matter yeah. how you do it. Yeah, as long as you and your family and your children are all happy. Yeah. Stuff everyone else. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so in terms of like what influences you with your photography, like you talk about doing your own, you've done your own projects um, when mm-hmm. you first sort of picked up the camera and you're taking pictures of nature or, you know, things in the world and things like just as from your perspective. Have you found that since you became a mum that maybe what you're looking at is different or what's influencing you is different? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, before I had kids, um, I would go on lots of hikes and I was interested in taking pictures of butterflies and pretty flowers and light and landscapes and the water and um, whatever else happened by or when I was traveling, obviously, you know, there's like 4,000 pictures of the Eiffel Tower for when I went to Paris because that's what you do. Yes. Um, and that's what I, I was doing, you know, different angles, random things, experimenting, everything. But um you know, I, um, I would just, just kind of focused on, on that. Like I was thinking about taking pretty things, pretty mm-hmm. pictures, and there wasn't really a, a meaning or anything deeper in, in the images. I just liked the photographic medium. Um, I liked how I could express with it and play with it, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily want to say anything with it. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I did have some brief moments in my when I turned 30 where I was like, oh, I'm getting old. And I wanted to, I started to experiment with some self-portraiture mm-hmm. a little bit um, just to see how I was changing and how things were going. Um, I was getting to that age where, you know, I had just gotten married and I was uh, wanting to start a family. So I wanted to start kind of documenting me and how I was going to change. And um, so that's, I would say that 30 is when I started to try and say something with my mm-hmm. photography. Whether yep. I was good at it or not is a whole different story. But <laughs> I, I did try and do something specific with my work. Um, and so I, I started kind of experimenting on, you know, trying to do self-portraits with what I had um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, then I had baby number one and baby number one became the center focus of everything. It was documenting every moment, you know, mm-hmm. look at this bit bubble, how cute. And, you know, it's like, 
<laughs> you know, and then I started to follow like all these moms on Instagram doing all these cool things with their babies and these photographers, other things doing stuff. And also I was trying to launch the business. And um, so my, 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 my personal photography kind of got set aside and it was only just taking pictures of the kids as they mm-hmm. started to grow and develop. And, um, and then at a certain point, something else clicked. And I think it's when they started to, you know, question things again, after they were that little needy ball of stuff that just needed you 100% when started to talk and have tiny little conversations in their own way. And they started asking me things. And I was like, you know, that's a very good question. <laughs> children have an unfiltered view of the world and they ask mm-hmm. things. They don't care about manners or, or whatever. And, you know, and it really started when one of my daughters, um, she saw I was just getting changed and she saw my stretch marks on my belly. And she's like, mommy, what are those? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, they're stretch marks. And she's like, what's a stretch mark? Because as you do. And yeah. um, and I said, oh, it's what happens when you have a when your belly grows. And usually when you have a baby because your skin stretches, but it doesn't go back together again. And she's like, do you like them? And I was like, that is a very good question. Do mm-hmm. I like them? And it got me thinking. And so I randomly took pictures of my stretch marks. Yeah. You know, and I started this kind of idea of taking self-portraits of me as I am now. Mm. You know, with the saggy belly, with the, um, you know, using it as like a therapy for my frustrations. Because as I said, I was all mom and business. Mm. And I didn't do personal work. So this was one of my first steps was taking self-portraits and I started doing a series of self-portraits which are still ongoing um and I think I'll probably end up doing them my whole life because I will keep changing and um I've loved to see how they've changed and how I've changed um even my body has changed and sometimes you see yourself in a certain way and then you see yourself in a picture you're like wow that's nothing like I see myself Mm. and yeah sometimes it's a good thing Sometimes it's not such a good thing, Um, (laughs) you know, but, but it's still, it's made me think about, I can actually say something with what I want to do. Mm. So I started doing personal, just thinking of something on the theme and doing personal work. And um, so my self portraits has been a big ongoing one. Um, Another one that I have uh, been doing slowly is um, exploring the concept of what family is. Yeah. And it's called the We Are Family Project. And basically, I'm out photographing families using creative lenses, but families that aren't mom, dad, and 2.5 kids and a cat and dog. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, there's a family with mom and dad and 2.5 kids and a dog. And then there's a family with just one mom. Or there's a family with two moms. Or there's a family with no kids, just the dog. Or Mm, there's a family with a child with special needs. You know, and I'm trying to photograph as much diversity of what family is. Um, You know, and it reminds me of that episode of your podcast episode where you interviewed Mm. that lady that had um, IVF and she decided to be a mom. Yes. On her own. Alicia. It was Alicia. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, she yeah. talked about her, her IVF journey and mm-hmm. how she was writing a book, I think, about normalizing family. And yes. I was like, oh, yes. and it's like I was like, see, that's in the lines of my my project is to normalize what family is. Family can be 
anything. Family can be multi-generations. I had a family where mom mm. was living with her single daughter and their two and her two kids. And that was the family. Yeah. Um, so I've been working on that project um, as well, slowly over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. I've done a few families and um, I'm recently starting a new one that I'm actually photographing my first model for today. Ah, yeah. Um, and I'm calling it the Kintsugi Mama project, and it has to do with stretch marks. Yeah, right. So it, it came from, and it's kind of been simmering in the back there for a few years, from when my daughter asked me about the stretch marks. And then one day I told her that, you know what, I've thought about your question, and I think I like my stretch marks because they're the story of you and your sister. Mm. And my skin broke, but it healed together. And then I found out about this Japanese practice of kintsugi, um, which is repairing broken pottery with gold. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. 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 I was like, they, they work, they work together. <laughs> yeah. So I got in touch with a friend of mine who's a face painter and I'm like, I need gold face paint that's safe and this and that. Yep. I've got this idea and I need to do it. And so I sat down and very trickly with a mirror painted my own stretch marks in gold face paint and I photographed it and I said this is the beginning of a new project it's not just my stretch marks it's all of our stretch marks whether we have two or four thousand um they tell our story and they are when our body broke and it fixed itself and it fixed itself in a beautiful way and it's something I want to highlight so Mm. I've called in a few moms of all of shapes and sizes and yep. I am painting their stretch marks in gold and photographing it oh, I love it photographing them and so I'm super excited about this I had to put it off I was supposed to do it last week but I had yeah. a, a surgery and recovery took way too long oh. and so now I'm doing it again this week and I'm super yeah. excited to, to be doing that and I have something to say and I think we all have something to say mm. and um and it goes into so many things it goes into body positive and mom positive and empowering us to appreciate what our bodies do and society is like we're all airbrushed and photoshopped Mm -hmm. and no we aren't yeah yeah no I absolutely love that I just it's actually made me a little bit emotional to be honest because I just think I resonate with that so deeply that society wants us to fix, to be fixed and to not look like we've ever gone through anything bad. Everything, we have to hold up this perfect persona or per- perception of ourselves. And it's like, mm-hmm. why are we so afraid to hide these parts of us that show the amazing things we've done? You know, it's pretty That's bloody beautiful. amazing to have a, to carry a child and to, to birth a child. It's just like, why do we have to hide that and be afraid of the what people, I don't know, to me it's patriarchy, but anyway, that's my take on it. Um, but, you know, we, we have do to it be to ourselves good. as well. As yeah, women. we do. We we, we play we do into it. that. It's not just yeah. men. I mean, maybe it was just men and the patriarchy and it's conditioned generations and generations mm. and generations of women. But we do it to ourselves. I mean, I know lots of amazing photographers and I'm, not to you know lessen their work or anything but they do these maternity photos that are oh my god they're stunning Mm -hmm. and these women have porcelain skin smooth skin not a blemish i mean it looks well they're like models beautiful models with flowing dresses and a perfect bump and 
they look amazing. And that's great because that's what they want them to look like. These mm. women have gone to these people because that's what they want to feel. But yeah. then when you're done and, and you look at yourself and you look at that picture you have on the wall, is that really you? Mm. And are you appreciating you for you? Or are you appreciating you for that glorious portrait that you've had done, which is beautiful. Mm. And I love that, you know, we can as photographers do this and make someone feel how amazing they truly are if they can look past their imperfections. I think, I think mm. you can see that as one of the reasons behind that kind of very photoshopped kind of photography. Mm. But I prefer to say, I'm not, don't need to see past it. I need to embrace it. And mm -hmm. it's been part of my own journey doing this and doing these projects been part of my own personal journey as well to accepting my body for what it mm. is. And understanding that it's a map of my life and it's my story and that of my children, it connects me to them. Those stretch marks, each one of those connects me to one of my kids. Mm. And, and I think that it's so important to help other people to understand that as well. So I'm really hoping that this project will take off and become something a bit more um, and take, you know, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm hoping oh. that it will make an impact on someone yeah. somewhere. Oh, I love it. I just think it's just so wonderful, honestly. I wish I was closer to you because I'd let you paint mine. <laughs> I I would love to have you. If you ever come over this way and this side of the world, stop by and I will oh, happily add gosh. you. Yeah. No, I love I just love that. I just think, yeah, like I said, sorry, I'm getting I'm, I'm getting a bit emotional because I just think oh. It's, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm getting tired, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, sorry. No, no, it's good. I just, the the more people that can do stuff like what you're doing and also the your models, you know, to be able to, to, to put themselves out there too, that's massive, you know, like that takes, like you've said, your, you know, through your work, it's you working through things for someone to, rock up and say, yep, no worries, here I am, put me out there. You know, it's it's a big thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I did the, the model call, um, I, I I posted and shared it in a local breastfeeding group that I'm part of still from when I was feeding yeah. my girls. And, um, you know, I had a lot of people interested in the concept, but then when I explained exactly what it was going to be, mm -hmm. a lot of people said, I'm not ready for that yet. And, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. They said, I might be after and I'm like that's okay it doesn't matter when you're ready yeah. you let me know and we'll do this and um and I had others say yeah let's do it man I'm totally <laughs> wanting to work on my image and I I want to yeah. I want to help myself and they see it as part of something that they can work on together too mm. and and that's okay too and when yeah. you're ready it's very hard for us to accept ourselves as we are no mm. matter what shape size we are um you know, how, how we see ourselves and how we want to see ourselves. It's so, mm. so very different from what we really are. I mm. don't know if that makes any sense uh, at all, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And yeah. And the way that people actually see us, I think is, it can be really different from how we want to be seen. So, mm -hmm. you know, we put these feel like Instagram or TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but you know, we mm -hmm. put these filters on to try and, you know, create this artificial way of presenting ourselves because we think people will like that more or you know what I mean? Like it's just mm -hmm. I don't know. 
it's a bit disturbing really when you think about it like we had oh you could go down a rabbit (laughs) hole with all that stuff yeah you know and talk about it for ages and debate and everything so Mm -hmm. I just yeah I think (laughs) we'd be here all day no but look what you're doing is amazing it really is if if there is anyone that's in your neck of the woods that would like to get involved in that is your mm-hmm. is your Instagram the best place to go or do you have um yeah I, I have website? I've created a little account for it on my Instagram it's called Kintsugi Mama Project um okay. I can send it to you um when I send you all the the links and stuff yeah and that would be um, great. yeah and it's on there um of course, I've already I've shared it also on my personal work profile, which is life and is wild and free. But Instagram <laughs> took it down um, because it uh, promoted, you know, something. Oh, for God goodness knows what. Sakes. Um, See, that's, because that's that part account, of the problem, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, because um, that account, I think, has more followers. So someone must have reported it. It must have bothered <sighs> someone to see my belly. In oh, gold. for God's um, sake. And, Ugh. but that picture is still on the Kintsugi Mama one because it's a smaller number of followers. It probably hasn't piqued anyone's attention yet. So <laughs> at the moment, it's still there. Um, I can foresee that I will have some trouble sharing some of these pieces uncensored on mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, so I, I, I am going to be setting up a section on my website for it because that's mine and I can decide yeah what I share and what I don't and no one can take it down yeah as far as I know yeah so I will be doing that to share a bit more of it but as it stands at the moment it is just um on Instagram and I have a little newsletter that I've started writing for my for the ones that answered the model call and stuff to keep them updated on how the project is doing Um, but I'll I'll be developing that as it comes to help and also get subscribers on that list so people can follow it without having to be worrying about what Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever platform (laughs) have as their personal opinion on uh, a woman's body. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That, I don't know. Yeah, we could talk about it or not, I reckon. Just really frustrates me. Anyway, I will put all the links in the show notes so people can click away and keep updated. And I think that's wonderful. And all the best with it. I really think that is amazing. It really, like it is. And I love the tie-in. I love how your mind went there to bring those two ideas together. I think that's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's fun to follow the brain, isn't it? It's just like (laughs) these two random things like, I can do something with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love moments like that where you get something and then you sort of go, Oh, no, this is something, you know, because you always got stuff going through your head. And then it's like you stop and go, Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the one I'm going to cling to. Yeah. Because you have so many things and it's like you can't do them all. Yeah. You can't do them all well. But the one that really sings to you, that it all comes together and you're mm-hmm. like, That's the one. That's the one you're doing. Yep. And so that's what I'm going with now. Good on you. I love that. I actually had a moment like that. I went to Adelaide, which is like the capital city of my state, um, Mm -hmm. over the weekend by myself, totally by myself, no children, no husband. It was just amazing because I had a a singing gig on in the city. Mm -hmm. And driving home, I had one of those moments where I just was listening to a song. So I'm a massive Beatles fan. So I was listening to the Beatles and all of a sudden I had this idea. And by the time I'd 
gotten home. I I've planned this whole idea for my album I'm going to do and all these songs I'm going to do. And it's like it, you know, just things just once they start, they just go and go and go. And now I've yeah. got to try and find time to do it. That's the next. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, I find that if I write it down, I'm mm-hmm. able to get it out of my head and then yes. I can actually still remember the stuff. Yeah. So I have a notebook mm-hmm. um, because mine come right before I'm about to fall asleep. Yes, oh. yep, yep. Um, or when I'm driving, that's another one. Yep. So I always have a little notebook and a pen near my bed. And when I wake up with this great idea and I'm like, got to write it down, got to write it down before I forget it. And then I'm like, ah can sleep now yeah and then the next day I can sit down and focus on it and, and just oh. you know, do what I gotta do to, to yes. make it happen yeah no thanks for sharing like what you've got coming up to the things you're working on because that's something I think I, I like to know what people are up to and then people can if they're, you know, piqued their interest, they can follow along and see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely I mean, be following along on that project. That's just oh, that's great. spectacular. I, would, I, I hope that it will speak to you um, and others as well. And, yeah, um, yeah I, I hope that it will develop and grow into something a bit more than just an Instagram account. Assuming yeah. I can keep the account and don't get banned off of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Nah, good on you. Oh, look, thank you so much for coming on. I've just oh, had such a... Thank you so much for having me. It's been oh, an it's amazing been a pleasure. Fact. It has. It's been lovely. And I feel like now I'm starting to get like sore cheeks from laughing, you know, <laughs> you smile so much, you're like, which is a great, a sign of a great chat. Um, thank you and all the best. Um, and thank I, yeah, you. I'm really, I'm really inspired by what you've, you're doing. Good for you. Really awesome. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I'm so happy. Um because, you know, knowing that you can make just a difference for one person or to help one person is is huge. And mm. sometimes we forget about it because we're all like, oh, I need to become like an established authority in my field and in order to be successful, right? I yes. need to have like yeah. millions of followers and uh, have that mm-hmm. little blue tick on my account. And um, yeah. Yeah. you know what? It's all BS. It is, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can make a difference in your small, you're already making a difference to someone in your family, aren't you? Mm. You know, I mean. Yeah, that's so true. I think we overlook that a lot, don't we? We forget how yeah. how powerful and how impactful we can be on that small circle of people that live with us. We don't need to be huge in the world. Mm. I mean, it would be great to be able to make <laughs> a huge difference, wouldn't it? Mm. But even making it to like, you know, who would have thought my chat with you would have... Help, helped inspire you all the way in Australia yeah. you know, yeah. to, to, to maybe take that step and look at yourself in a different way. I mm. mean, who would have thought? And yeah. and yet there we go. Yeah, you know? that's and, it, isn't and that it? makes yeah. me feel like I've accomplished today. Everything. Yeah. I love that. It's another lesson on sort of adjusting our um, lens, I guess, of what, what our expectations might be or what, what we want to achieve out of something. Why are we doing what we're doing? And Yeah. I love that. That's a whole other story, isn't it? Just go and go and go. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. 
If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. The music you heard featured on today's episode was from Alemjo, which is my new age ambient music trio comprised of myself, my sister Emma Anderson and her husband John. If you'd like to hear more, you can find a link to us in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.